Welcome to Let Go, Lean In, my podcast designed with transformational leaders like you in mind. I'm Lise Lewis, your transformational leadership coach. In each episode, you'll find help growing awareness of your mindset as a leader, be equipped with a tool to let go of unrealistic expectations and self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of your one precious life. My goal is for you to thrive as you lean in toward the leadership call God has put on your life. Join me and other leaders as we let go and lean in together. Well, hello again. I am super excited to share this episode with you for so many reasons. First off, this is officially the 50th episode of Let Go Lean In podcast, which means in a very short while, it will be the one year anniversary of this podcast, which is crazy on so many levels. We were in August of 2020 when this launched and a pandemic at the shutdown almost version of it. And oh my goodness, what a crazy thing to do to decide, oh yeah, I think I'm going to launch a podcast about leadership, specifically transformational leadership. And yet here we are at episode 50, which for a next reason of being excited is about the Enneagram and leadership core type seven, the enthusiast. And guess who happens to be a seven? You'll never guess. Couldn't be my voice. Couldn't be that I've mentioned it three or four other episodes in relation to other parts of the Enneagram. But yes, core type seven is me, Lisa. That's it. I'm a seven. And let me tell you, I am proud of it. At the same time, when I learned about the seven, I was groaning just like the rest of you. When you find yourself in the Enneagram, you see yourself through those not so glamorous motivations. And for a seven, unfortunately, it's gluttony. So yeah, I'm all about all the things, all the books, all the adventures, all the cookies, all the, all the, all the. If one is good, more is better. I have said that forever, even before I knew about the Enneagram. So today I'm going to tell you about myself and I know I'm not the only seven in the world. There are many of us. And I would love to know if you are a core type seven, I'm always interested in finding out how people show up in the world. Honestly, the Enneagram is simply a tool and we don't all look the same even when we have the same core type. So all my enthusiasm right now may not be how you feel about different things that you experience. I'm not always enthusiastic, but I do have a lot of positive energy. In fact, my sons will tell you I'm rather annoying because I sound a little bit like a kid who can say, that could happen. It could happen. Sure it could. I'm always reframing things to give it a positive outlook, but there's a reason for that. So let's find out a little bit about the core type seven. 
the enthusiast. The seven sits as the last number in the head triad, five, six, and seven. So being in the head triad obviously means that's where I spend a lot of time, in my head. The enthusiast loves ideas, plays with ideas, wants to think about how could this come into reality? What about this idea? Hmm, that sounds fun. What about this? In fact, those words, that sounds fun, is the title of a podcast that I love to listen to, Annie F. Downs. If you haven't come across her podcast, please go find her and give her a listen. She is also an Enneagram Type 7, and every summer, for three summers now, she has focused on the Enneagram in podcast series during the summer, which is kind of how I figured out, hey, this might be a fun series during the summer to focus on the Enneagram and leadership. So you're learning a little bit about each of the core types, but you're also hearing about how that core type shows up as a leader. So I'll get to that in The Enthusiast, because again, this is me and I have lots to say. Don't we all love to talk about ourselves in one way or another? So here you go. Well, the other thing about the seven, in addition to being in the head triad, The unfortunate problem, if you will, with the head triad is that we are plagued by fear. Just like the uh, body triad, the eight, nine, and one, they are plagued by anger. And the heart triad, two, three, and four, they're plagued by uh, sorrow the opposite of, you know, joy, their sorrow. Those, those numbers have this kind of undercurrent. And so fear is something that the seven has to figure out how to deal with it. And the go-to is to reframe. In fact, in the conflict style, a type seven is the one who comes up with a positive outlook. We'll figure out how to make this work it's going to turn out okay. Don't worry, something will happen. Years ago, I came across a greeting card that on the front of it had a bird's nest and a quote from Emily Dickinson. Now, when I say years ago, I'm talking two decades ago. And I had that card hanging on my wall for a long time because the quote really felt true to me. And this was before I knew myself through the tool of the Enneagram. And the quote is, I dwell in possibilities. And that epitomizes the core type seven. The possibilities are endless. All the adventures, all the books to read, all the TV shows to binge watch, all the ways that we can have and make things fun. That is what a core type seven looks for and lives for. But interestingly enough, when when we think about getting together with people, every one of the types of the Enneagram has a different way that they show up in a social situation. And core type seven is in what is called the assertive stance. 
along with an eight and a three. Now, that can sound kind of negative and and for some people being assertive is the furthest thing from how they would show up in a given situation. However, the assertive part is not just, I want my way and come along to my party, but assertive is the person or group of people who will let you know what their ideas are instead of holding back and watching, being withdrawn, or just going along with the rest of the group. So every number on the Enneagram has a way of showing up in a social setting, and a seven is in the assertive stance. So conflict style is positive outlook. Social style is assertive. Well, what about wings? Now, again, I've talked about this before. The wings are the numbers on the Enneagram model that are adjacent on either side of your core type. So as a seven, my wings are six and eight. My six wing lands me right in the center of the head triad. So it's a lot of work for me as a seven if I lean only on my six wing to be able to get out of my head and take action and feel my feelings. The take action leans toward the body triad. The feel my feelings leans toward the heart triad. Now, because I have an eight wing that puts me in access to the body triad, so I can take action. And when I lean on my eight wing, I do get out of my head and move toward taking action. But look what I'm left without. I don't have direct access to the heart triad. So as a seven, feeling my feelings is not fun. In fact, a seven typically will do a lot of things besides feel their feelings or be with somebody else when they're feeling their feelings. That's where that positive outlook comes in. A seven who has not done their work, will quickly say, oh, don't worry about that. Something better will happen soon. If you've just broken up with someone, oh, you'll find somebody else. You're beautiful. Don't worry about it. Rather than sitting with you in the sorrow that you're experiencing. Now, I mentioned if a seven hasn't done their work, Well, thank heavens for therapy because you can grow and change and develop skills that you don't naturally have. And as a seven, I don't naturally like to feel my feelings. But I've learned that there is benefit to that. And I've also learned there's a great deal of respect in sitting with someone else when they're feeling their feelings instead of trying to fix it or change the subject. So if you have a seven friend, and they want to quickly help you reframe what you're going through, just tell them, give me a minute, I'll get there, and help them remember that it's good to feel feelings and not bounce away from them as quickly as possible. What about line influence? Well, I love how Annie Downs and Suzanne Stabile in their conversation this summer talked about security and stress. 
and that the two lines, the influences, are neither good nor bad. And I love the metaphor that they use that if you are falling down out of a tree, the one in stress, the line in stress is the branch you grab onto first. Well, that's helpful because you don't want to just fall to the ground, right? So for a seven, the line in stress is to one, the perfectionist or the reformer. And here's, here's just a really, really interesting connection that, that I have found in working with the Enneagram. When I first began looking at it, I took an assessment and showed up as an Ennea one. And as I started reading about it, I thought, you know, this, this doesn't a hundred percent resonate with me, but the circumstances of my life at that time were incredibly stressful. And because I was living under so much stress, that was how I was seeing and acting. When I later took the Enneagram, a different assessment again, and typed as a seven and started learning about the seven, everything about it felt authentic for me. And I started recognizing, oh, in that season, that's why I bet when I answered those questions, I showed up as a one. Well, having the skills and insights and action orientation that a one has can be super helpful for a seven who doesn't like to do hard things and who tends to not follow through. We love to start things. We love the enthusiasm. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's do that. But when it gets to be difficult, challenging, boring, hard work, a seven is ready to go to the beach or lay down and take a nap or anything but stick to the hard work. So that's where the line to, to one is so helpful because I can learn the wisdom of a one and weave that into my action and my work. So line influence is super helpful. The line in security for me is to five and the five is the observer, the investigator, and that's the, the part where I, as a seven, who is kind of, think about Tigger bouncing around and having a good time. That's kind of an, a seven uh, image, if you will. But the line to five slows me down, helps me to be more contemplative, seeking knowledge and understanding, following through with something, quieting myself. That's my line in security, toward security. It sounds like I'm saying insecurity, and that's not what I mean. <laughs> Make sure it sounds like what it's supposed to sound like. So the line to five for the core type seven is the place of grounding. Well, here's a fun fact. My husband of 30 years is a type five on the Enneagram. So... I, over the years, have really benefited from his personality type because I have quieted down, gotten more contemplative, 
taken deeper dives into learning and gaining skills and really paying close attention instead of staying on top of the waves and bobbing along like a little cork that's just going with the wind and the waves. So line influence on the Enneagram is an amazing thing to learn about. And those line influences are there for each of the core types. They just access different numbers. So what about the the way that a seven can learn to be a leader? Well, I've, I've kind of hit some of them, but you might not have caught them in, in the idea of leadership specifically. A seven as a leader embodies ideas, potentials, possibilities. They bring a lot of enthusiasm and encouragement to their leadership practices. An Enneagram 7 also with their wing influences of the 6, who is the loyalist, but also the skeptic, so asks lots of questions and presses in for details and how can this project be brought to completion. And then their wing influence of an 8, the active controller that we'll talk about in another episode, they bring this let's get this done, let's get the the project to completion, who's going to be in charge of this. So a seven with their wing influences and their line to one can really be a powerful force as a leader. One of the things that is a downside of that though is their uh, inability naturally to finish what they start. So a seven leader needs to surround themselves with a team who has the skill set to follow through and uh, make those, those projects come to completion. A seven leader also needs to work on their emotional intelligence because as I mentioned before, they have zero access, obviously, to the heart triad, two, three, and four. They don't have a line in there. They don't have a wing there. So their emotion repressed, if you will. So that's work for an Enneagram seven as a leader is to develop their emotional intelligence. But honestly, that's all of our work. And that can be a whole series all by itself, developing emotional intelligence. So the Enneagram 7 as a leader has a lot to offer, as do every single one of the types on the Enneagram. There's no one that's better than another, but natural propensities that can then be developed and for the benefit of others, with that in mind always, is something that each of the core types can work on as well. So thanks for joining me for this very fun episode, speaking from the Enneagram 7 that I am. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please let me know what your Enneagram number is. And if you have questions about how to develop as that core type as a leader, I would love to have a conversation with you about it. You know, as always, you can go over to my website, lisalewiscoaching.com, 
and sign up for a free consultation, or I like to call it a coaching exploration session, so that you can find out what coaching with me is like. I would love that. And as part of the podcast, I would love to hear ideas for how to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Let Go Lean In podcast, which is coming up in August. So again, thanks for being here, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks so much for taking time to be with me today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please head over to iTunes and like, subscribe, and leave a review. I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but honestly, your actions on iTunes are the best way other leaders like yourself will find this podcast. I really appreciate it. I would also love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Let me know what you learned or what you'd like to learn next. I'd like to invite you to go to letgoleaninpodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter there. Where it says learn more, you can sign up to get a monthly newsletter that I share just the information from each of the episodes that you might not have had the opportunity to go back and check out the show notes. There'll be the highlights, the links, and other pieces of information that are pertinent to the podcast, as well as go over to Instagram and follow Let Go Lean In podcast over there, because I am starting to use that more frequently as a way to help you as a leader get to see some encouraging graphics and have a few posts each week to encourage you in your leadership. So again, Thank you for going over to uh, Apple Podcasts and liking and subscribing and reviewing this podcast, as well as signing up for the once a month at the end of the month resource recap newsletter for Let Go Lean In Podcast. See you next time.